Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Well, I just learned that I have the same shoe size as a former NFL wide receiver, so <laughs> my shoe game is about to get much, much better. Look at me shilling for free stuff uh, yet my again. My shoes are your shoes, man. Oh, look at that. Like, you got fire shoelaces on today. Like, I... like. I, I've been looking. I've been staring at the, the 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 feet all show long. Like you're doing something right. The there. funny thing about it, like the clip that we just heard with Jay Will and Max, uh, when I was filling in one day for Key, I literally had these shoes on. It was about. It had to be about six, five or six months ago. Yeah. See, the difference is you you wear fancy shoes that I'll, I'll steal this from Yates, who said they they smell like money. I I go to Amazon and I type in obnoxious men's shoes and whatever neon things come out that are like thirty bucks. That's what I buy. So if you want to wear some of my thirty dollar you know shoes, you can anytime. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. We're in our Keyshawn J Will and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, ESPN Two. You can if you're in the app, just click more on the lower right hand corner, scroll down to live radio. Bam! That's where you can find us. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, and uh, because I haven't reminded you in roughly four minutes, uh, Fitz and Harry starts January. Third from noon to three p.m. Eastern, uh, as we uh, continue to uh, break down all the action in the NFL. Uh, Keyshawn J. Willemax coming to you live from the Seaport. Brought to you by Gray Goose. Uh, at this point, uh, there there are plenty of Dolphins fans out there that just last night poured a Grey Goose and just tried to uh, tried to have a drink and calm down and relax because we now know that Miami Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungavaloa is in concussion protocol again. We were just having this discussion, and uh, our great buddy Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider, came on and was talking a little bit about independent uh, neurologists and the fact that the team can't force Tua to play. He has to go through a very specific question. This is or a process, I should say. Harry, Like this is where conspiracy theorists, which I'm not part of, and like uh, the, the people that yell and scream on Twitter, how many people right now are actually going to buy that an independent neurologist would have the chutzpah to say, no, in the middle of the, the thick of the playoff race, everything's on the line. We're not comfortable playing QB1. You buy that a neurologist would do that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I am. Because uh, if you look at the history of Tua Tagovailoa and these concussions this season, I, I don't know if, if, if I'm a independent neurologist. I, I don't know if I'm clearing two of this. Be, just because there's a different part, there's a different element to it, right? I, I'm concerned about his health. I'm concerned about his well-being moving forward. I'm concerned about him going out there against the New England Patriots, who has a solid defense, and taking another one of these hits. Even though, you know, the concussions that he has suffered has, have come from his head hitting the ground, I'm of the mindset of anything can happen on any given day during any given game at any given time. So I wouldn't put Tua in that situation, period. I don't think anybody should put Tua in that situation, period. It becomes interesting, too, because as Mike said earlier, you know, these independent neurologists, it's not like they're unfireable, right? So if you put Tua out there and he gets hurt, then your independent neurologist position becomes immediately in question too. So like you will always be the scapegoat. Like the easiest thing for the team, the league and the player to do is be like, ha ha, the doctor said I can play. And like, then you start talking about even uh, liability in the future of, well, I only played because this doctor said I could like that, that, that opens up a strange can, can of worms. The hard part for Miami is that 
Miami's in the thick of a playoff race that it suddenly looks really difficult because Miami this week, as you mentioned, has to go to New England, and then they get the Jets in the final week of the season who will be playing also for their playoff lives. So there's absolutely nothing. Like, Miami could lose their way out of this playoff still. Yes, they could, and you look at the two teams that are going to be facing each other this weekend, the Miami Dolphins going to Foxborough to face the New England Patriots, a cold game for a team that plays in Florida where it's fairly warm, right? Um, it'll be the second time, I think, in like three or four weeks that they're going to that cold weather. But both of these teams have been struggling. The Patriots are one and four in their last five games, and the Dolphins have lost their last four. So at some point during this ball game, uh, when the clock says zero zero, if it isn't a tie and you're going overtime, someone has to win this ball game. Whoever wins this game is going to be in the driver's seat when it comes to the playoff race in that seven seat. If Tua Tagovailoa is out there playing, in which I'm gonna continue to say I don't think he should. Um, I think the chances for the Miami Dolphins are going to be, you know, higher. If he doesn't play, I think the chances for the New England Patriots are, are going to be higher. And the New England Patriots, for them, for their offense to be so terrible this season, they have found ways via special teams, getting defensive touchdowns. Marcus Jones from, from the University of Houston has been a gem for this football team from a defensive standpoint and being able to guard people in the slot and getting pick sixes, but from a return standpoint as well. And you look at the game against the Jets when you think that game is going to go into overtime and they punt the football and he takes it to the house for a touchdown and wins the game. But you also look at the New England Patriots and how they lost their last two games. And Ramondre Stevenson having the ball inside the 10-yard line and going to score, I think it was on first and goal, and he fumbles the football with some seconds left in that game. You also look at the Raiders game. Um, instead of taking a knee and sending the game into overtime and giving your team a chance, you decide to run a draw. Yes, I'm going to continue to put that on coaches because, yes, that is coaching. Mac Jones didn't call that draw play. But then you have players doing things on their own um, and, and lateral and, and the football and Mac Jones not making a tackle. So I'm going to give coaches and players blames on, on that. You look at those two games alone. If the if the New England Patriots win those games, they're in the driver's seat in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, I mean, look, I, but this is what we always say. Yeah. Huh? The new phrase for our show, if my aunt had grapefruit, she'd be my uncle. Well, was, <laughs> if, if, if it was a like, fifth, we'd all be drunk, baby. I mean, the amount of times last night they kept showing the standings, and I just kept thinking about the number of close losses I've watched as a Raiders fan yeah. and thinking, man, it would have been right there. Now, Mike McDaniel, Dolphins head coach, had this to say about Tua and the concussion protocol at his press conference. As much as I know, they have uh, he he's uh, displayed symptoms, and they uh, they enacted the uh, the protocol, which is um, all all that needs to happen before you have to uh, you know by the by the player's health go through that whole um, process as as they should. So um, it's a little early. Like I said, I only found out a couple hours ago. So I, we're going to play a little game. You ready for this? I've got the playoff machine in front of me. I'm going to ask you, that, let's presume there's no Tua for, the, for this upcoming week, all right? So you got no Tua, week 17, you got Dolphins and Patriots. Who you got in that game? Patriots. Okay, so you got the Patriots winning that game. Yep. I'm going to ask you about one other game that's very important. I got the Jets at Seattle. Who you got in that game? Ooh. The Jets at Seattle. Mike White's back, right? Uh, yeah, we'll say Mike White's back. I'm I'm going Jets. Okay, so now you got J E T S Jets Jets Jets. We go into Week 18. All right, so now I'm going to ask you again about the Patriots. Patriots at Bills, Buffalo, Bills. right? Bills. Buffalo's still yeah, going to be playing for the top for the one seat. Now, Jets at Dolphins. If the Jets win that game, the Jets go to the playoffs. If the Dolphins win that game, in this scenario, 
the Dolphins go to the playoffs. It all like Oof. there is still a chance in all of this that, and that's because you have the the Jets winning this week. It, it gets even wilder. Like if you get into the situation where the Jets uh, the Jets lose this weekend, then the Patriots are right back into this playoff conversation. There are so many different scenarios. If the Patriots win this weekend and the Jets lose this weekend, then that Jets Dolphins game could send. So many. T- I mean, the the Dolphins win, they go. The Jets win, the Patriots go. Like it gets really wildly confusing for these three teams, all from the AFC East, trying to battle for that last playoff spot. It shows you how much is on the line with Tua, because I think we both agree that if Tua were healthy and playing, then Miami at the Patriots, although it's cold weather, is a much different game. The Jets at Miami is a much different game. I mean, I like how Tua played actually at Buffalo. It's not like he played bad. Correct. But one yeah. of the things I, th- I thought, you know, the Miami Dolphins did a great job of early on in the ball game was rushing the football, right? And being intentional in running the football. Now, I look at the game against the Green Bay Packers. I think it, you know, it kind of fared away second half late in that ball game. They had to get to a point, especially Mike McDaniel, because that was his specialty when he was at San Francisco, right? The run game. They have to get in a better situation where they're being more consistent rushing the football, the Miami Dolphins, and not being so one-dimensional. ESPN Radio's got you covered for some bowl game action. Tune in tonight for the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. Coverage begins at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Coming up, we got the fight for the number two seed in the NFC. Which team is the biggest threat to the Eagles come playoff time? And why it's not the 49ers, I'm telling you. We'll do that next. Keyshawn J. Will and Max. I know. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz in on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Joseph with a big leg and Merry Christmas, Minnesota Vikings fans. 
can't say enough about the, the noise in those critical moments at the end of the game that I think really moves the needle. Our best football is hopefully out in front of us, and that's only going to come from the work and the commitment to continuing to build what we're doing here. 27-24, it's Joseph from 61! Wow! K-F-A-N on the call. I live by two phrases now. One, better to be lucky than good. And two, you should always get your Harry Douglas dancing. In the, like, what are we doing here? Man, what? that's Uncle Luke, man. Come on, Fitz. No, I know who it is. I wasn't questioning the music. I was questioning. Fitz and Harry starting, you know, January 3rd. Right. You, are you, Every week. Are you going to dance You better like, know about Uncle Luke. Uh, no, no. I, 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 what you know about dancing is what I'm trying to figure out. Because what, 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 what is this? What, 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 what are we doing here? Oh, my God. This is. Uncle Luke, baby. That's Uncle I'm supposed Luke. to be the one in this show that dances like a middle-aged white dude, not you. Okay. See, uh, so my, my, listen, my mom is from Miami. She's from Liberty City down south. So I know everything about Uncle Luke. Uh, you I know was, the house parties I used to, back when you used to go to house parties, you didn't have to worry about this nonsense going on in the world. You go to the house parties, man, they play Uncle Luke. You know the rest from there. I don't need to say no more. I was at a Super Bowl party a few years ago in Miami when he walked in, and I was like, oh, you know what just got different. Like, that's, that's when you make the conscious decision. Now that he's here, I'm either going <laughs> to stay until the sun comes up or I'm leaving. That's, that's all I'm saying. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, ESPN2. He's uh, Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And better to be lucky than good is something I say all the time because, frankly, we just want to see more football if you're a fan. Like, you just want to see your favorite team continue to to play. In some years, it's good to be kissed by the football gods. The Vikings feel like this year they are kissed by the football gods. We keep hearing all these metrics about whether they're any good. I can't say this loud enough. I don't really care if they're any good if I'm a fan. All I know is that they're 11-0 and this year in one-score games. 11-0. and So I figured we could have a little bit of fun in the conversation about the number two seed in the NFC. We all know Philly's number one, but the question is, who can, who can take them on? Like the Vikings, 11-0, one-score games. That means, like, it's funny. There's a line where we're, we sit there, Harry, and we're like, oh, they know how to win close games. Becomes, <laughs> oh, they're just really lucky in the metrics. I don't know. Man, all I know is they keep winning these things that most teams lose. Well, I think they've done a great job this year, and I think that was the dark cloud of the Minnesota Vikings a year ago, right? They couldn't win the close games, and it was one of the reasons why they didn't make the playoffs in 2021. But they've done a phenomenal job under head coach uh, Kevin O'Connell, who's in his first year, who also should be up you know, for coach of the year, even though their defense is 31st in the National Football League. That's the only thing that sticks out to me when it comes to, you know, the Minnesota Vikings is that, you know, their defense can, you know, lack. And when I mean lack, you talk about a high-powered offense, the Philadelphia Eagles, they got thumped. You talk about the Dallas Cowboys, they got thumped by that 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 team as well, 40-3. to So when I look at this Eagles, I mean the uh, Vikings defense, I say to myself, can they hold up versus a quality opponent with an offensive system, you know, that is bona fide. They did a great job going up in Buffalo, and not many people could go up in Buffalo when it's cold outside and win a game. They did a great job coming back and doing that then, but also it was Buffalo had some mistakes, right? Josh Allen fumbling the football on the, on the one-yard line to, to basically try to win and to run the clock out. Had, had some other freak things uh, happen in that game as well. Uh, third and long, Justin Jefferson, he's phenomenal, making the one-handed catch on fourth down. 
I mean, earlier you said Justin Jefferson, best wide receiver in the he NFL is. right now. He so is. when you've got a, uh, let's just say a capable quarterback, I don't want to get into the Kirk Cousins debate. That's been done. Yeah. But when you have Justin Jefferson, when you got Thielen, I mean, there are weapons offensively. It is a big, yeah, but the defense is a big, yeah, but because one thing that's different about this, and, and as you look at the other teams, it's a bigger threat uh, that are threats to the Eagles. If we're talking about the Vikings, the 49ers, and the Cowboys, we are playing a big old game of one of these things is not like the other, and it's the Vikings defense. Like yeah. there is no no trashier unit on the three teams between the Vikings, 49ers, and Cowboys. The most trash unit of all of those well, that's is what, the Vikings. Well, that's defense. why I think they're gonna be have an early exit when it yeah. comes to playoff time because of their defense. Now they have done a great job at certain moments in ball games, creating turnovers and getting the turnovers. Patrick Peterson and uh Zadarius Smith has been uh phenomenal for him, Daniil Hunter, and then you also have Harrison Smith. Those guys have been able to anchor this defense when they have been able to make, you know, those splash plays and make plays to help them win football games. But when I look at the San Francisco 49ers, the San Francisco 49ers is a team right now that if they get the two seed, they avoid, and the Eagles, they avoid playing each other, right, until the NFC Championship game. And that's actually what I predicted. I predicted uh, a while ago that the Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers will play for the NFC Championship game. You look at the Cowboys. They separate themselves defensively as well with, with the way they create turnovers. And then they have the chess piece in Micah Parsons. You look at the 49ers, they have the chess piece in Nick Bosa, who leads the NFL in sacks right now. Now, Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith, those are great guys on the front line, um, on the defensive line when it comes to the, the, the Minnesota Vikings. But they're not Michael Parsons. They aren't Nick Bosa. Well, and and when it comes to the 49ers, I mean, I jokingly have been saying this for weeks. You can't beat a team that you can't score on. Like you, yeah. you, you know. I remember the Ravens teams, and the you know the the that broke my heart a couple of times as a Raiders fan, where it was just like you knew once the Ravens got to ten points, you were cooked. Like their offense couldn't score, but you knew you couldn't score on them. This feels sort of like I'm not a believer in Brock Purdy, and and I, I, I sh- I'm not saying I'm not taking anything away from what he's accomplished so far this year. I think that through all of this, as you get more tape on a quarterback, come on, look like, how I look at you. What? No, I'm out on Brock Purdy. I'm out. You're not a believer in Brock Purdy. I'm not a believer in Brock Purdy. He's the third-string quarterback for a reason. Well, Mr. Purdy has done nothing but be successful since becoming the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, well, okay. That that that's cool and that that at the end has of the he, year, has he looked better than Jimmy G? Uh, that it gets you a blue I'm ribbon. Just, he's looked, he's looked about the same. He's looked has about he, the has same. He looked better than Jimmy G. He's looked about the same. Because and if the all, 49ers all the was, But if the 49ers thought that he was worth that at any point, then they wouldn't have spent a bunch of money to keep Jimmy G around for a year. Like uh, Brock Purdy's an anomaly. This he is He was outlier. a rookie. He was the last pick in the NFL draft. Right, which is going to show itself at some point in the playoffs. Like at some point Brock Brock Purdy's going to have to win you a football game. You're going to bet the Harry Douglas compound because it's bigger than a mansion now. It's a whole compound. Like, there's there's Douglas City, Georgia. You're going to bet Douglas City, Georgia on Brock Purdy to win a Super Bowl this year? Hail to the no. All right, there we go. There we no. go. I mean, that, and that, the, the thing But is, I believe in the San Francisco 49ers. I believe in them as a football team, and I believe Brock Purdy has enough around him. You got to look at the players that they have, man. They just traded for Christian McCaffrey. He's been phenomenal for the team. George Kittle, since Brock Purdy has became a starting quarterback, has been phenomenal. You see the, I think he had about, what, 130-plus yards, two touchdowns the last game, two touchdowns a week uh, prior to that as well. Uh, Brandon Ayuk has come a little bit more alive. Debo Samuel is resting up. You have Kyle check. You have so many offensive weapons I don't for the football that. team yeah. that Brock Purdy doesn't have to be excellent. He just doesn't have to mess things up. Uh, and I totally agree with all of that. And if the standard was just making the playoffs and making a run, I'm good with Brock Purdy. 
I believe at some point during the playoff process, you are going to need to rely on a quarterback. It just feels like that's always the way. Like it, it, it feels like it would be an outlier to think that you could. I know that there's the Trent Dilfer sort of analogy, right? Right. But it feels like it's an outlier to think that you know you could just basically mask your quarterback, which is what I think. Great coaching and great talent around is basically putting him in a situation where Harry Douglas could be the quarterback of the Forty Niners and, and and do really well this year, right? So like, I just don't think this is a statement. I need to get paid like it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you want that quarterback money? I, I, for me, Purdy is is fine. He's fine, but like, there, there isn't a, a, a chance that I'm going to bet a bunch of money on Purdy going to the Super Bowl simply because at some point I believe in other teams more. So then the question becomes the Cowboys, right? Like the Cowboys are the one team left in this, like. And, and I heard everybody yesterday tried to debate whether or not the win was a statement for the, the Cowboys against the Eagles or is a statement for the Eagles against the Cowboys. Like, I don't care about any of that. What I care about are entities that I feel like I can trust. And when I get into the playoffs, I want stars that I can trust. And, and so uh, has Dak been Dan Marino? Bad example. He hasn't won a Super Bowl. Has, has Dak been Joe Montana? Maybe not. But do I believe that Dak can make the plays to win a football game? Yes. Do I believe that Dak has the talent around him? Yes. Do I believe that Micah Parsons and the defense particularly has the talent to make the plays? Yeah. So, like, I believe in proven entities at some point at quarterback, whether it's at the Super but, Bowl or but, playoffs. But that's why I got to stop you. It hasn't been proven playoff-wise, though. Sure, sure. It, it hasn't been proven in the playoffs, and that's the thing, though. But I will say but this. But who, I, I love what I've seen point, from Dak. Who has in the NFC? But, but, see, I love what I've seen from Dak, though against the Philadelphia Eagles because when things were off the rails and, you know, wasn't going right, Dak still stayed cool, calm, and collected. And the way he utilized his legs on third and fives and then potentially getting sacked and still finding Michael Gallup and then down in the tight red zone, scrambling to the right, finding Michael Gallup for a touchdown, third and six, finding C.D. Lamb. He could have went off the rails and the offense could have went off the rails after that pick six. It didn't. But the fact that your quarterback never wavered allowed you and allowed your offense to, you know, stay calm and relax and, and not go in panic mode to the point of where they came out and won the game and Dak played a hell of a game Think about outside he, of that pick six. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. Think about proof, proof of concept. Just yeah. something I say too much. I understand. Proof of concept at the quarterback position. I never thought about it until you were just saying this. The only one. Tom the, Brady's right. the only one. And so the Eagles, Jalen Hurts, nothing there in the playoffs, right? We don't, we don't know. Uh, Dak Prescott. Nothing in the playoffs you can bank on. Uh, Kirk Cousins. We all know the Kirk Cousins conversation. You like that? Yeah. I you mean, like that, Fitz? So now suddenly it does. And, and right now you could be looking at if the Packers could go on a run, you could be looking at Aaron Rodgers. And then you have a question of if Tom Brady can hold off on the Buccaneers. But I think the Buccaneers are just a garbage football team this year. I don't think they're any good. So I'm not really worried about the Buccaneers. And, you know, the, the Packers become a little more interesting. But there just isn't proof of concept at the quarterback position. So maybe that does, to your point, maybe I'm, I'm willing to change my mind live. No, as we it's talk okay. This not, so... Still out on Purdy. Can we tell people the conversations we have off air all the time? Coach, trying to, I'm trying to tell you. Yeah, he does. At what point are you going to listen to Coach? Not very, very little. Like, <laughs> I, you know, I got to where I am by being stubborn and not listening to you at all. No, but uh, you're right. And it's funny because the, the AFC has plenty of brands. Like, brands You better have a quarterback if you think you're going to compete in the AFC, period. Period. Because you can't tell me you're going to be the Mahomes, you're going to be the Burrow, you're going to be the Josh Allen, you're going to be the Lamar Jackson if you have a mediocre quarterback. Now, granted, the Tennessee Titans were able to do it a few years back when you know, uh, when the Ravens had the number one seed, but Lamar was young at that point. You know what I mean? And uh, you had Dean Pease, a guy that had played against that uh, Greg Roman offense. 
uh, when he was with the Ravens back in the day when Greg Roman was with the San Francisco 49ers and running that offense with Colin Kaepernick. So I get all that. But you can't tell me you're going to go through the AFC with a mediocre quarterback and a guy that can't put it on his shoulders and make it to the Super Bowl, it's not happening. Well, and that that was an interesting concept you and I were talking about offline last week. If you look at the quarterbacks in the AFC, you've got Josh Allen, first-rounder, Patrick Mahomes, first-rounder, uh, you go to Lamar Jackson, first-rounder, Justin Herbert, first-rounder. You can keep going up and down the list. Joe These, Burrow. Joe Burrow, first-rounder. These are all first-round quarterbacks. Then you look at the NFC side of it, you got Dak, not first rounder. You got Jalen Hurts, not first rounder. You got Kirk Cousins, not, not first, first rounder. rounder. Like you can just keep going. Tom up Brady, not, not a first, first rounder. rounder, right? I mean, the one that the only one right now. Daniel the, Jones, right? Is uh, the only first. I mean, rounder. Daniel Jones is. Well, are we trusting Daniel Jones? Well, it, it also rounder? depends what the Washington Commanders are going to do moving forward too, because right now technically they're in the playoffs, and you know Carson Wentz was drafted in the first round oh, by the Eagles, yes. but. Taylor Heineke was not. Man, if that version of the Commanders makes the playoffs, like that's just <laughs> that's gonna make me throw up in my mouth a little bit. All right, so let, definitive statement: Eagles number one. Who's the biggest threat to the Eagles in the NFC? San Francisco 49ers. <sighs> San Francisco 49ers. You think Brock Purdy can make enough plays? San to San Francisco okay. 49ers. I'm just gonna keep Fence. asking questions. He's gonna keep <laughs> answering the same thing. I don't know. Give me the Cowboys. Like we just saw the Cowboys. I know it was with Gardner Minshew, but Gardner Minshew played a hell of a game. And the Cowboys. Can I, can I ask you a question? Who laid forty points? Just, just listen to forty. Just, just, 40 po- I'm gonna keep Co- uh, forty points. Co- coach, want to forty points? Want to bring something to the table? Can, can, can Coach bring something to the table? <laughs> We're gonna rename our show Coach, <laughs> the, coach and the Water Boy. Coach is trying to bring something for, to the table. Okay, Coach. What you when got? you look at the last four or five years, playoff wise, who who's had more success, the San Francisco 49ers or the Dallas Cowboys? Just answer the question. Forty points. This. <laughs> 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 he's, he's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. Oh, a sneak preview oh, of Fitz it. and Harry coming up. Uh, we start January 3rd. All right. Who's more at fault for what happened this season in Denver? Is it the no longer head coach uh, Hackett or is it the current quarterback, Russ Wilson? We'll answer that next. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. We're in on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, ESPN News? ESPN2? I don't know. One of these TV channels. It's not on the screen. I don't know. I'm, I'm Ron Bar- Burgundy. If, if I can't see it. Uh, two and you. Look at that. Ron ESPN2 and ESPN you. Let's ride. Let's ride. That was, that was very intentional. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. <laughs> Little sneak peek to Fitz and Harry, which starts January 3rd on ESPN Radio from noon to 3 p.m. Eastern. All right. Let's get some insights on what happened in Denver and what's next. And we'll do it from somebody to know this team better than most. Mark Slayer joins us, three-time Super Bowl champion. Always appreciate your time, my friend. Thanks for hanging out with us. So what's the local reaction to the news that Hackett is no longer the head coach of the Broncos? Uh, I think mostly relief. I think people are are relieved that he's not the head coach. Uh, They're excited. And, you know, they're ready for some change. I mean, the people here, are are, are, they have just been – yeah, they were so spoiled for so many years under Pat Bowen's leadership. Um, you know, under Pat Bowen's leadership, more playoff appearances than losing seasons. Um, and so, you know, it's just been a drought for six years, and it's been awful. And obviously Christmas Day was as embarrassing as any game that I've witnessed here in Denver for, I gosh, I don't even know how long, forever. So, um yeah, I think people were were excited and relieved, and and I, but I will tell you, you know, as, as much as people are excited about it, say what you will. Um, Russell Wilson has just been god awful, and a lot of that is to me is not Nathaniel Hackett's fault. 
I don't think he was ever empowered to run this organization. And I think anytime you have an organizational structure in which the owner does not empower the, the head coach when he appoints him, but doesn't empower him, or in this case, the general manager, um, takes some of the power away from the head coach and gives it to a player or gives it to a quarterback and says, hey, here's what we're going to do, and here are the things that we can do, but here are the things that we have, have to acquiesce to. Uh, your your organization's doomed to failure, and I think that's a lot of what went on here. Well, do you think from Russell Wilson's standpoint he will be able to, you know what I'm saying, to have that relationship with his next head coach and offensive play caller and be able to say, you know what, I need to look in the mirror and self-reflect and realize that, I, number one, I haven't been the best I can actually be. Number two, when I did have success in the National Football League, we ran the football effectively. It wasn't let Russ cook, and we played great defense. Do you think he – is there a pride issue with Russ? And, and do you think he had that mindset to kind of, you know, tailor things back a little bit? Well, if this experience doesn't humble you, then nothing will. Um, so, I don't – like, I don't know. I, I just believe the next head coach has got to have some gravitas and he's got to have authority, and whoever that may be. Um, and then – you know, it's it's one of those things, hey, this is not a dictatorship. This is an, a, a democracy. And so I'm going to give you a choice. You can either play the style of football that we're going to play or you can sit on the bench. Like, those are your two choices because we ain't, we ain't turning you into Drew Brees because you're not. And what you are is plenty good enough to win, and you've proven that. Hell, you went to nine straight Pro Bowls. I mean, you're, you're a damn good player in in a system in which you can operate. But to th- sit there and think, I'm going to be a shotgun, drop back, Drew Brees-type quarterback, that is not what you are. And so, you know, the, the perception here is that's what you wanted to be. They were going to make, they were going to make concessions to allow you to try to be that and, um, and, and to grow in that. And it's just not really who you are. At least you haven't proven to be that um, through the entirety of this season. So, yeah, I think somebody needs to come in here with authority and basically become a dictator and say, this is what we're going to do. And, you know, and, hey, listen, if you, prove that, if you prove to us that you can be more than that, great. We'll start implementing some of that. But right now uh, we're pulling back the reins and we're taking away some of the privileges because uh, you, you didn't earn them. That being said, Snake, like, let's say that happens. Somebody comes in that's dogmatic. Can Russell Wilson be saved? Can he still play at that level in your mind? Yeah, I think he. I think there's nothing wrong with his skill set. You know, people act like, oh, he he can't run anymore. He can't move around. That's not that's not the case. I mean, we all, as we age, you know, we lose a little bit of our juice. Um, but he's still plenty athletic enough to make any throw. Um, he can still run around and do those things. Um, but he's gonna have to be he's gonna have to be honed in, and and you're gonna have to focus on what it is we have to have to win. Now, defensively, uh, you know. Um, Christmas Day notwithstanding, defensively, this has been a great defensive unit. Now, you know, a battle of attrition. You can't play every snap and, you know, and have an offense that goes three and out, it turns the ball over, and think that you're going to be able to survive that for the entirety of a season. Um, and so that's, you know, that, that they do have the defense to play that way. Um, you know, and they do have the – I just – they need – they just need to do that for him, and, and it's in his best interest. And so um, – Again, well, you know, that remains to be seen, but I think that's the only way you're going to win here uh, if you continue on with uh, Russell Wilson. 
You can follow him on Twitter at Mark Slareth. Also, check out Stinking Good Green Chili. It's always delicious. Uh, Mark, always appreciate your time, my friend. Happy holidays to you and yours. You too, buddy. Thanks, man. Take care, guys. It, it's such an interesting conversation, Harry, because six months ago, to, to, to the point that was just made, six months ago, the concept was Russell Wilson can lead like there was a conversation the Denver Broncos are quarterback away uh, that that was the conversation and and that quarterback away meant Super Bowl as aspirations yes and now less than a season in it, there's a head coaching change like the wheels have fallen off so quickly and I think one important thing is that in my mind sometimes we got to sort of peel back and say where to go wrong were we wrong in our expectations or were we wrong in what happened since those expectations I think the expectations were still right in the right system in the in the way that we've seen Russ play not that long ago Russ can be a Super Bowl caliber quarterback it's just what this match wasn't going to work like that this was not a match made in heaven like so they got to start back at the beginning and say how do we find the right voice with Russ yeah and I think the people that knew it the most was the front office in Seattle and head coach Pete Carroll. They knew it more so than everyone. That's why they wasn't hesitant to to make the trade and um, also let someone else become the quarterback of their football team. Amazing that one team said no to Russ and they're in a situation, the Seattle Seahawks, that still have, you know, they were, they've been clinging to try and make the playoffs in some way, somehow. But the season's gone much better than anyone expected. And by the way, they have Gino, that Broncos. Gino they have that Broncos pick, too. They got a top five pick from the Broncos. The Broncos, in the meantime, are sitting there just they're, – they're handcuffed by a massive contract that won't let anything happen. And I will say this, man, and I always believe this when I play in the league. This game will praise you, but this, this game will also humble you in a lot of ways as well. So as high as you want to get, it, it, it can get really low as well. Right now, I think it, Russell Wilson is at the, the low point from a play standpoint. When you talk about money-wise, everything isn't, isn't about money all the time, even though sometimes it is. But from a, a mindset standpoint, Russell Wilson is going to have to do a lot of reflecting and understand that this season was a low for him. Yeah, well, if you open up that pantry, there's plenty still left to cook with. And in, in the, the Denver organization, there's a lot of talent on that roster. So uh, I believe they'll get it fixed at some point. All right, the Nets have extended their win streak to nine games. They just can't stop winning. But are they actually in a no-win situation in the process? We'll tell you about it next. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. 
Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, ESPN2. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, in for the guys. You guys can join the conversation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. We're also asking you to chime in there like a bad gift. Who's the athlete, coach, player, whatever from your favorite team you wish you could just exchange? Harry's over here giggling. What you giggling at? Listen, I want to know who's running the social media aspect of things for KJM this no, morning. Oh, I saw that. I so, someone tweeted, uh, name a random player team combo that you forgot existed. And for some odd apparent reason, someone put a picture of me in a Titans uniform and said, Harry Douglas and the Titans. I mean, who would do such a thing? Who, who I can't would even do imagine. such a thing? Stello. Y'all, y'all got to spend a little time in Nashville because, like, in Nashville, they forget that Harry was a Falcon in Nashville. Like, once you like, it's funny because if I if I tell anybody in Nashville I'm doing a show with Harry Douglas, they're like, "Oh my God, the Titan!" Like, this is the first thing everybody thinks about. It's like, y- y'all just like open up your eyes a little bit. There. I mean, in, in fairness, I kind of forgot that he was either, but that's just. <laughs> hey yo! Wow, Pat, what would you say your greatest accomplishment is? Go ahead. Well, I just, I just tweeted that picture of Harry. That was pretty good. Hey, going yo. Going oh, I'm throwing Pat under the bus. I don't even feel good about it. I, I love you, buddy. I get that, that, that's too mean. I can't even, I can't even help it. See, Pat just found himself in a no-win situation, much like the Brooklyn Nets. That is a wild transition. I don't know if it really worked. Uh, look, the, the, uh, the Nets have now won nine straight. It's their longest win streak since 2006. And Nick Friedel, ESPN NBA analyst and friend of the show on the 6 p.m. Sports Center, said this about KD and the way he's playing right now. He's playing the best he ever has in his career. And when you say that about Kevin Durant at this stage, it's pretty incredible. But the guy's shooting 60% for the month of December. Every time he makes a move on the floor, you can see his teammates looking around going, all right, well, we know the shot's going up, and we know the defense is at a higher level than it's been the last couple seasons, and everything he has done to create space for the rest of his teammates is the reason why this team is having the success they've had the last couple weeks. So this is another reminder that Kevin Durant is still the player that everybody around the league thought he was, and he's going on a reminder tour every Every night of these last few weeks showing everybody, hey, not only am I still at that level, but I can still be the MVP of the league. And HD, it don't matter. Like nothing, (laughs) KD could score 100 points every game for the rest of the season and not a single person's going to care because everything the Nets do now is judged only by whether or not they win the championship. It's wildly stupid to me. Like I cannot for the life of me figure out why we've become so championship focused in the NBA, particularly that greatness has to be overlooked unless in a team sport, even though you're an individual, if that team doesn't win a championship, then all of a sudden we fault the individual and, and, and miss me with anybody. Not right now that's going to tell me I don't understand that sports are for championships. Of course I do. I also understand individual greatness can be accomplished without team goals being met. Well, I'll say this. One thing about the Brooklyn Nets that I do love is Kevin Durant. I've always been a fan of his game. You talk about a guy that's 6'5 and can basically do everything on the court. And on the defensive end, I think that's one of the things that, you know, he got better at when he went to the Golden State Warriors because you can't not defend there and not be called out or feel out of place. So I actually thought, you know, going to the Golden State Warriors taught him how to be a better defender. And that's one of the things that he's had to do uh, being with the Brooklyn Nets because of the lack of uh, defending from everyone else on that on that basketball team. A uh, guy that can guard one through four because he's 16, he can put the ball on the floor, he can shoot it from the three, he can shoot it from mid-range, hell of a uh, job uh, from the free throw line, but he can play with his back to the basket. 
and he can shoot, uh, shoot and make shots off balance. I love the game of Kevin Durant. I always will be a big fan of his um, and, and, and the way he approaches the game. And if his shoe wasn't, you know, <laughs> half of an inch. If he had Harry Douglas much, feet. Yeah, if he had my my feet, they would they would have won in the first he, round. He looked really ago. funny, though, with nine and a half feet. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, he's, because he's, he's, he's particularly he's, big. He's, like, pre- he's pretty tall. But no. I'll say, when I look at the Brooklyn Nets, right, um, yes, they, they have a nine-game win streak. They're three, number three in, in the Eastern Conference right now. But when you look at the, the standings, one through five could easily be – one through five. You can, you know, mismatch those teams how you want to. That's just how close the race is right now for the one seed, which is currently owned by the Boston Celtics. But when you look at a guy like Kyrie Irving, who we know is an offensive prowess, um, you look at a guy like Ben Simmons, who, you know, I think is still getting over the mental hurdles aspect of things. And if he comes around to be, you know, the player that they thought he actually could be when they when they traded for him, they can make some noise. I'm still concerned from a defensive uh, perspective when you play a team like the Philadelphia 76ers, who, in which they lost to early in the year, mm-hmm. and Joel Embiid didn't even play in that game. You talk about a dominant, big-bodied guy that can get a bucket when he wants to, but also a guy in James Harden who once was in Brooklyn with, with Kyrie Irving and, and Kevin Durant who can create and, and you know kick the ball to other guys. right? I think Niang for the 76ers is coming along. Had four three-pointers. Shout out to Russ Fisher right now. Four three-pointers uh, in the fourth quarter against the Knicks on Christmas Day. I know Russ Fisher would hate to hear that right now, mm-hmm. but Russ, you have the ability to text me every day about the Knicks. I have the ability to talk about the loss that they had on Christmas Day. So there we are about that. Y'all can see I watch a lot of basketball. But when, I think for the, for, the, for the Nets' perspective, I think it's just going to be hard for them to defend against – a Giannis, even though they just beat the Milwaukee Bucks when it comes playoff time. Yeah, and I don't disagree with that, Harry. I just think that, like, it's almost two separate conversations in some ways to me. Like, right now, the Nets can't be beat, and I think that's amazing. And I, I love appreciating a winning streak, right? Context matters to what happens in championships. And, and I say that, like, I'll use an NFL uh, analogy to this. There was a period where it felt like people were uh, all kinds of way uh, about Mike Tomlin because he hadn't won enough Super Bowls with the, the crew that he had. And it's like, well, context to that. You know, he had a really great football team that was very dominant, but it was also in the same era as Belichick and Brady. And so, like, yeah, you didn't win as many Super Bowls as you probably wanted to. Like, context matters in these conversations. We've lost some of the context in the NBA conversation because no matter what's accomplished, it, it, it doesn't matter. If Ja goes off and the Grizzlies don't w- lose another game the rest of the year, we're still going to say, well, you know, I got to see Ja do it in the playoffs before I'm going to be a believer. Well, I, okay, but I can still believe that, that Ja's crushing it right now. I can still believe that, that KD is playing it uh, some of the best basketball of his career, and I can still believe that the Nets have found a way to gel together despite all the outside noise that constantly happens regarding the inside noise. I can believe that the Nets seem to have found a way to shut that all out, come together, and play really well as a basketball team. Will that mean that they win championships this year? I don't know. Uh, I, I know that Milwaukee's really good. I know Boston's really good. If they don't make the NBA Finals, I don't necessarily think that 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 has to be an epic fail. The problem is we won't speak we won't speak on the Nets in a positive way because we're all waiting to see a championship. And to me, that means we're wasting months of good basketball. Well, I, I will say this. When, when I look at the Boston Celtics, I just don't see the Brooklyn Nets getting past them. We've seen what that, that story's looked like last talent, year, right? And they a got swept in, uh, a year ago, and they are wing defenders and how they defend. And then when Jason Tatum is on his A game, he's on his A game. 
Um, I look at the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't think they'll be able to beat them. The 76ers in a seven-game series and defending uh, and beat. I don't think that can happen. The Cleveland Cavaliers, if those guys continue to get seasoned, I think they can be a team out the East that, uh, that's a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, the East is going to be wild. And in the process, the Nets are winning a lot of games. I think that's a good thing. Look at me being poly positive with all of that conversation. All right. We're going to get into a little bit of fun with some merry date and dump next on NFL Quarterbacks. You know the game. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.